page 142. Okay, as usual, we begin with the first question. When has a guide helped you reach a goal? When has a guide helped you reach a goal? He wasn't a guide, he was an instructor. He was an instructor, okay. Exercise. Exercise. All right, he helped you reach a goal. All right. Anybody else? Had a guide that helped you reach your goal, a guide or instructor or whoever that helped you reach your goal? GPS. GPS. Boy, what did we do? With, what did we ever do without that thing? <laughs> Juliana was our navigator. She was in a she was a backseat driver this, this trip. She was in the back there with the phone and uh, putting in the instructions and where we were going and uh, and she did a good job. Well, Jen said she did a good job in Atlanta too when they were going from Texas to Atlanta. Uh, so she did quite well. Uh, backseat driver. And I, I, as we were going, you know, I said, boy, I can't remember how we made it without this thing. Because I remember driving across state and using all these maps and stuff. And it was kind of scary because you would think that when people see you with these maps, they know you're a visitor and you could be a target. You know, but we had these big maps and they started on the side of the road and looking at the map and wow. And the GPS says, go this way and turn that way and turn the next way and you're there. Yeah, Technology. Phone. <laughs> Technology. Yeah. You don't even have to have the actual GPS, GPS instrument either. You can do it on your phone now. Well, we use Google Maps. Yeah. We do not phone. Yeah, so the, the, the rental car agencies, are, their rental of GPS now is obsolete. not needed anymore. Obsolete. Obsolete. Okay, let's look at page 143. Bible meets life. For years, I had the privilege of taking students on a week-long backpacking trip into the high mountains of the Sierra Nevada range in California. The terrain was incredibly rugged, but the views were incredible. Each year, we highlighted the importance of watching your surroundings and being aware of where you were at all times. We stressed this because, in case someone got lost, he could find his way back to the starting place. Without fail every year, a few students failed to listen to their guide and got lost. After a search, someone would personally guide them back to camp. When asked what happened, they told the same story. They couldn't remember the right way to go. Too often we do the same thing. We rely on God to do something in our lives only to forget the next time what it was he did for us. King Asa was no exception to this. Asa had been an exceptional ruler throughout through most of his reign, but he had a period in his life when he forgot to remember. Okay, sometimes that's our story too, isn't it? Yeah. What's the point of our study today? The God who guided you in the past will guide you now and in the future. That's right. George Santanea said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. While that statement has value in reminding us to learn from the past, it implies that what we did in the past was a failure. However, we also need to remember some things so that we can repeat them. For example, King Asa had previously depended on God and found success. Later in life, though, he forgot how God had faithfully worked in his life. Ultimately, this led to various failures on his part. Over and over, as we'll see as we get into the study, we'll see what those failures are and how 
his life ended in such a miserable way. Father in heaven, we pray, O oh Lord, that you would guide us in the stages of our lives as we go through this lesson today, plant in our minds what we need to remember as we go forward so that we can make the appropriate application of this lesson today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, before we look at the passage, uh, we have a couple of passages that we're going to look at and some comments. Let me give you the setting. Uh, King Asa was a tower of strength throughout most of his reign. He defeated Zerah, the Cushite, and called his nation to, solemn, to a solemn assembly to renew their commitment to Yahweh. As a result, the southern kingdom of Judah rested in peace for about 20 years. But then its rival kingdom Israel raised its belligerent head, led by its king Baasha. That's the setting that we're going to be going into as we look at these passages today and the comments that accompany them. So who want to take the first one? First passage, Second Chronicles 16, 1 to 6. In the 36th year of Isaiah, Israel's king, Baasha, went to war against Judah. He built Ramah and in order to keep anyone from leaving or coming to the king as a judge. So brought up children and gold and spread basins the Lord's temple the royal palace and sent it to Aram's king Ben-Hadad, who lived in the ministry of Spain. There's a treaty between me and you, between my father and your father. Look, I have sent you silver and gold. Go break it through a treaty with Israel King Asha, so that people withdraw from me. Then Hadad listened to King Asher and sent the commanders of his armies to the cities of Israel. We attacked Ajon and Apollosim and all the storage cities of Apollosim. Yeah, go to key. The key words, uh, store cities, cities containing storehouses built to gather, preserve and protect harvested crops from the weather and the animals. Quick, you can go on from there. Somebody else can go ahead. Someone want to take the rest of it? King Asa's peaceful reign finally came to an end. For 36 years, the once united nation of Israel had been divided into the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. Since the Lord had blessed King Asa and the southern kingdom, Many Jews from the northern kingdom were migrating south, 1 Chronicles 15 and 9. King Basha, who ruled the northern kingdom, didn't like that so many, didn't like that so many of his people were migrating to Judah. So Basha built a fortress in Ramah, five to six miles north of Jerusalem, to stop his people from going south to King Asa in Judah. Hmm. Rama was on the border between the two kingdoms, because, but because it was actually in Judah, it wasn't Basha's land to build on. However, Basha was ambitious and built a military compound anyway. 
King Asa must have felt intimidated when he saw the threat of the neighboring king and the encroachment upon his land. We might wonder if Asa panicked since he devised his own plan, a bribe for outside help. Instead of depending on God, Asa looked to Aram's King Benadad, who lived in Damascus, to the north of Israel. Both Israel and Judah had treaties with Benadad, but Asa bribed him to break the treaty with Israel, and he bribed him with the gold and silver from the campus treasury. Asa's strategy was for Aram to attack Israel from the north. Israel would be forced to fight on two fronts, which would weaken their position in the south and allow Judah to regain Ramah. King Asa could tear down the fortress and people could be free to come to Judah. From a human standpoint, Asa's strategy was, was successful. It may have worked, but it came at a cost. We've all experienced times when we've been tempted to panic. Unforeseen circumstances or an enemy's attack may force us to react quickly, and that makes we often attempted to act rashly. King Asa has not been the only person who ever reacted with a self-focused scheme that let him control the situation. Asa depended on other people and his own schemes when he should have been depending on God. Asa was about to learn the hard way that he would never be in any situation where it would not be necessary to depend on God. And the same is true for us. Okay, so in verse 1 we see a common denominator uh, with regards to humanity. What's that? War, right? If there's one common denominator in the history of the human race, it's war. In nearly every generation and every corner of the earth, humanity has engaged in war. And if you turn on the newscast now, you'll hear there's a war going on somewhere. There are wars going on everywhere. Uh, in this session, we find King Asa and the people of Judah again facing the terrible prospect of war. Unfortunately, Asa's strategy for defending his country was not what God intended for his people. The people in Judah were living in peace, but things suddenly turned very, very dangerous. Again, in the 36th year of Asa's rule. Uh, whereas two Asa sought a political solution and looked for an ally, which is not uncommon. That's what nations do. That's why we have the United Nations today, where countries come together and they form an alliance to defend against another bigger bully. All right, so Asa did that, uh, and that goes all the way back to Asa's time. He sought a political solution and looked for an ally. He removed the silver and gold from Jerusalem temple and his palace to bribe the king of Aram. Was he supposed to do something like that? No. Mm -mm. Was it his gold? No. It wasn't his, right? No. And so here we see Asa turning uh, from what he was originally doing that pleased the Lord. The Aramaeans were a loose confederation of cities and settlements in what is now modern Syria. They were known to forge temporary alliances if the circumstances warranted it or if the opportunities for conquest presented themselves, or that that is for their advantage. And Aram's capital was Damascus. The Arameans were then long enemies of the northern kingdom of Israel. Asa obviously saw the chance to open a second front against the Baasha's army from a military perspective. This seemed like a, a good strategy, uh, and a political one that seemed to be pretty shrewd. 
uh, a pretty shrewd move on Asia's part. And so he tried that. And so we see a couple of points there uh, in the passages that we read. First, uh, Asa sought a political situation. He bribed Ben-Hadad with silver and gold from the temple, which wasn't his to use in the first place. And then Judah and Aram had an er earlier treaty. We notice that also. And then although Aram had a non-aggression pact with Israel, Asa convinced Ben-Hadad to break it. Okay, that's how political negotiations go, right? Tit for tat, you break one, you make an, uh, an agreement with the other. And then we notice that the attacks on the northern region of Israel caused King Baasha to call off his work in Ramah. Uh, notice on the board we have a, a, a chart that's called God's faithfulness. And one of the first points on that chart is what? Don't depend on others when you should depend on God. Isn't that what Asa did? Did he do that? Yes. He depended on others, right? He didn't do that. Instead of depending, he was dependent on God all along. In the previous lessons, we see that he was depending on God and everything was going well. His nation was doing well. It was in peace and everything. And all of a sudden, he decides that, well, you know, he really can't depend on God anymore. I wonder why he came to that conclusion. And he could do it himself. He figured he could do it himself. But just in chapter 15, verse and now he decides to use them for <laughs> okay what else did we notice about Asa before we move on to the next one Anything else we notice about Asa's change in his behavior and his attitude from what we saw last time? Hmm? Focus, focus upon himself. Okay, he loses his focus. Yeah. Okay, he shifted and, his focus. Right, and instead of how faithful God has been to him in the past, he started focusing upon himself. Okay, he became selfish. And that is what has been... Uh, lived out of this uh, study today. Okay. Took his eyes from upon God, forgetting what God has done for him and his blessings, and start thinking that he achieved everything on his own. On his own. Okay, he became puffed up with pride, perhaps. Yes. All the success. Okay, question number two, page 145. When have you seen fear or worry lead to an unwise decision? Did you think that um, Asa was experiencing fear or worry that caused him to make a decision on his own rather than depending on God? Perhaps. Well, that's what this question is asking. When have you seen that? When have you seen fear or worry lead to an unwise decision? In your life, perhaps in the life of somebody else, a friend, a relative, somebody you know. Business transaction. Hmm? A business transaction. A business transaction. Okay. Well, I, I see that today in our, in our country. Um, these web shops that should have been closed down. Mm -hmm. Now that uh, uh, now that our minister of tourism uh, 
careless if these rap shop fellas are going to um, undermine the strength of the African party. They are suggesting that the new idea of this national lottery should be managed by these guys, which I think is very foolish and wicked, mm. because the greatest insult to democracy of our country was when these rap shops were allowed to be established in the first place. Because under our first um, referendum, God spoke three times. That's right. Three times. Mm. 35 to 3, no. Second time, referendum, 35 to 3, no. Because the politicians back then say, oh, that was just um, a, um, I forgot the word they use. Uh, that was just an opinion poll. Okay. <laughs> but God spoke the third time on the main stage of the general election, and the result was not 35 to 3, but 35 to 4. Mm. And that extra seat that Christie added on, God threw that right back in his face, and the result was still 35 to 3. Christians in this country could really take time out and think how God continually to speak towards this country that he loved very dearly. Mm -hmm. and, and the generations of Christian families that has been the bedrock of the blessing of this country over all of these years, they should be focusing upon this and observing. If I was the Prime Minister of this country, then in my first 90 days of office, every web shop in this country would have been closed. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. Within the first 90 days. Because why? They were established against the democracy of this country. Mm -hmm. So I guess we can say that the fear and worry of the Minister of Tourism is leading to a bad decision. Exactly. Okay. All right. Unwise. Unwise decision. Uh, because if they want to establish a national lottery, all they need to do, we have the state of Florida right there, we have the state of Georgia right there, they should turn to those institutions to assist them in setting up a country's national lottery, not to these red shop fellows. Not, not, not adding insult to injury. Right. <laughs> okay. All right, next we'll see. Uh, that while Ace's political solution seemed to work, it was not pleasing in the eyes of God. And sometimes people do that, don't they? Yes. This looks like it's going to work, but they never consult, well, what does God think about this? So let's look at that passage, Second uh, Chronicles 16, verses 7 and 9. Who want to take that one? At that time, the seer Hanani came to King Asa of Judah and said to him, Because you depended on the king of Aram and have not depended on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from you. Were not the Cushites and Libyans a vast army with many chariots and horsemen? When you depended on the Lord, he handed them over to you. For the eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth to show himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. You have been foolish in this matter. Therefore, you will have wars from now on. 
keyword, seer. Seer, in this context, is another word for a prophet of God. A price tag is attached to every decision we make, and King Asa was about to learn that hard lesson. Asa thought it was a good decision to enlist Benadad, but it carried a heavy price tag. The temple treasuries were dedicated to God, yet Asa gave away those things as a payment to another king. Asa failed to trust God. Asa's lack of trust set a bad example for those who lived under his rule. The king has, had discredited trust in God, and his subjects would follow his lead. Judah's king appeared to be victorious, but from God's viewpoint, he was utterly defeated. The king became aware of that defeat through a reminder by the seer Hanani. Hanani was God's prophet to speak God's truth to the people. The seer was a prophet who was used as the mouthpiece of God to deliver truth to the people, and Asa was about to get an earful of truth. Hanani reminded the king what God had done for him in the past. While the king had some great and valiant warriors, Hanani reminded Asa it had not been those warriors who were victorious over the vast army of Cushites and Libyans. It was because he had depended on the Lord. What a reality check that must have been for the king. King Asa may have thought he was justified and had made the right decision in enlisting Benadad's army, but he was way off track in his decision-making process. Once, when my son was a teenager, he and a friend needed to get to town. His friend had a car with gas, but it didn't run. <laughs> My son had a car that ran, but it had no gas. Mm. Trying to decide how they could transfer the gas from one car to the other led them to a vacuum cleaner as the perfect solution. <laughs> Just vacuum the gas out of the car into the container, right? Instead, the vacuum cleaner became a rocket launched into space. <laughs> While they thought they were making a good decision at the time, the outcome was not what they projected. No pun intended. <laughs> the outcome for King Asa wasn't what he thought he would get either. Hanani informed Asa if he had simply relied on God to deliver them from Israel, he not only would have gained the victory over Israel, he would have been victorious over Aram as well. Trusting God would have given Asa the victory he sought, and then some. Remember the price tie? For Asa, the price was peace. Judah had experienced peace for much of King Asa's reign, but that would no longer be the case. Hanani told Asa that, that God looks for those who remain faithful to him, to those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. God shows himself to be strong and throws his full support behind them. Because Asa had failed in his commitment to God, Hanani told him, you will have wars from now on. We can avoid Asa's tragic mistake as we keep God's faithfulness on our radar. He has taken care of us in the past and he will do so now. Let's be people who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. When we are, it doesn't matter how big the army is that stands in front of us. We can trust him to deliver us far beyond what we might accomplish on our own. God is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think. Ephesians 3.20. Okay, so verse 7 gives us a reminder. 
reminds us that believers must not forget what God has done in the past and what he can do in the present and in the future. We have a tendency to be people with short memories, don't we? Yeah, we forget. We're like the children of Israel. Yeah. You know, God did a blessing today and they forgot all about it. Yeah. Then the next day he turned around and he started to complain again. Okay, uh, this is true. Furthermore, we must never forget that the omniscient God sees everything. Do we remember that? God is omniscient. He see he doesn't miss anything. Okay, you may miss something as you're driving along and, and, and someone else see it and you don't see it, you, you missed it. But God doesn't miss anything. He catches everything. And that's why he is the omniscient God, the all-knowing God. He doesn't miss it, a thing. And this is true for Asa. Because he succeeded in his plan to push Baasha's army out of the land, he must have believed God was pleased with it. It was not so. Now we don't know about this Hanani. We, we the only other uh, other dealings with Asa. Uh, this is the only person we, time we see of this Hanani. Uh, other than his dealings with Asia, nothing more is said about this Hanani, uh, which means his name means my grace or Yahweh is gracious. And I like how names always have meanings yes. in the Bible, unlike today. People take the pair, the daddy name and the mummy's name, and they put a name together for the child, and it does it has no meaning. You know, and uh, the child grows up confused, and they wonder why. And so we don't know, uh, we don't see any other occurrence of Hanani other than this particular point, and it shows us that God raises up individuals for a specific purpose. Yes. To accomplish a specific purpose, and then he just moves them off the scene. Uh, except uh, the only other occurrence we see of Hanani is that he had a son, Jehu, in Second Chronicles 19 and also chapter 20, 34. That's the only other occurrence we hear of Hanani. Uh, but God raised him up and used him to uh, what we might call whiplash Asia, Asa, King Asa. Because he really gave him a, a real tongue lashing uh, because of what he had done. And that tongue lashing came from the Lord as directed by the Lord. So a couple of things we, we notice about uh, Asa. Uh, 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 this decision uh, to enlist Benadad uh, and the heavy price tag that it carried. Uh, notice, he, he, the temple treasuries were dedicated to God. Yes. Dedicated to God. This God stuff. You could say they were God's things. <laughs> like we like to say, that's our things, or my things. <laughs> These are God's things. Alright? Uh, yet Asa gave them away, gave away those things as a payment to another king and didn't even consult God. I think that would, that would qualify as stealing, right? Yes. Wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, he stole God's stuff and gave it away. Uh, isn't it interesting and ironic when a person takes something, steals something from you and tries to sell it back to you? Yeah. <laughs> you ever had that experience? No. Yeah, I've seen that a lot. Uh, people steal your stuff and they try to sell it back to you. Asa failed to trust God. Okay, big failure in trusting God. And then uh, thirdly, we notice Asa's lack of trust set a bad example for those who lived under his rule. Because remember, the ruler sets the example, right? Yes. The king had discredited trust in God and his subjects would follow his lead. So he couldn't complain anymore by why the, why the people didn't, wasn't trusting God. 
because he set an example of not trusting God himself. And the people always followed the lead of the leader. Uh, so, um, A. King Asa was making a real right about turn in terms of his, his actions and behavior. Uh, but notice uh, uh, the rest of God's word to Asa through the prophet Hananiah. Notice that God would have handed over the enemies to Asa, Asa if he had depended on God. It was a sure win. If he trusted God, God would put the enemy in his hands. But he didn't. And then the, the other thing we notice is that God searches for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. God is always looking for people who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. And then Asa had, fall, had, had been foolish in this matter. The result was continuing war for Asa for the rest of his reign. For the rest of his reign. And notice the poster again, God's faithfulness. The second point. Don't forget what God has done. And Don't forget do. what God has done and can do. So we look at what God has done. When we face a dilemma, we look at what God has done. And we base uh, our logic on, well, if God was able to do that back then, then certainly he can do this. Okay, so don't forget what God has done and can do based on what he's already done. Question number three, what has God done for you in the past that helps you trust him in the present? That should be a long list, eh? Yes. <laughs> yeah, can't count that list. Is lost count of numbering that list. Okay, we can think of so many things. Yes. Um, um, Jenna and, and Juliana, when they were leaving Atlanta, they said when they got to the airport, the line was so long, uh, they uh, thought they weren't going to make it. And, uh, you know, I've been praying here, and they were praying there. All along the way, we were praying, you know, that everything went well. Uh, and they said the only uh, way they made it was because there was a maintenance issue, and maintenance was late. Ah. Look how God answers prayer, doesn't it? <laughs> they made it. Was if, if, if maintenance wasn't delayed, they would have missed the flight. Wow. Wow. God works in mysterious ways, doesn't he? And they said they were praying all along. And there were people who were complaining, and this lady was complaining, and she was telling the lady, you know, you need to trust God. You know, God's got this. That's better at me. Mm. Um, I always been trusting God, but my daughter moved to Canada last week. And mm. I've been with my daughter, we came with in 2015. Mm. And I was looking for a job since then. And um, I had two good interviews, but two weeks before she went. And a week before she came, I was blessed with a job. Mm -hmm. I said, what a time you are. Mm -hmm. you know, it just motivated me even more to continue to serve him. And I know he is, uh, he is real. Yes. You know? God is God always, always on time. Always on time. Mm -hmm. On time, God. Question number four. What do we tend to, why do we tend to think we can do it ourselves instead of trusting God? That's our nature. It's our human nature. We trust ourselves rather than put our trust in God. <laughs> we need to help them out. We can do it ourselves. Huh? I got this. Yeah. 
Don't worry. I don't, Lord, I don't bother you with this one. I got this. I got this one. Then you get into trouble. Then we get then into trouble. Right. Then you run there. And then we say, oh, Lord. Okay, next, as we go on, uh, next we will see Aza's reaction to Hananiah's words of judgment and prophetic words about the future. Okay, the last passage we have is 2 Chronicles 16, 10 to 13. We want to take that last one. Well, let's get read the verse first. Read the verse first. Asa was engaged with the and put and Asa mistreated some of the people at that time. Jotha and Matthew and Jotha 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 and First year of his reign. It's hard for most of us to hear the truth about ourselves. Of course, we know the right course of action is to accept the truth and respond accordingly. Unfortunately, our pride often gets in the way and we react with anger and outrage. Or we look for someone else to blame. Everyone, everyone around us suffers because we don't want to deal with the truth, especially when it has consequences we don't want to hear. That's why we find this as that's, that's where we find this. Even though Hannah Han and I was a prophet used by God to him, Asa didn't want to hear so he put God's prophet in prison. Moreover, in his grave, Asa mistreated some of the people, everyone who was suffering, including God's people. Asa's reaction is a great example of how God was when those moments of truth have chosen, we must take a step back, breathe, be willing to hear truth and act accordingly. So, how do we receive truth and act in a proper and fitting way? Accept the truth and be thankful that someone is willing and courageous enough to tell the truth. Understand, they may have not been able to express the truth perfectly, but trust that they will be able to ownership of the truth and the person pointed out to you. Take time to evaluate, digest it, and then develop a plan to act on it. Learn from your mistakes and your fault from them. Do not waste time wandering in the guilt of them once you have sought forgiveness for them and acting on Trust God to guide you as you move forward. Instead of turning to your self-help books and writing about the methods, turn to God first. Hannah said, For the eyes of the Lord will be out of earth, to show himself strong for those who are not being Previously, Asa had a great trial for Yet he seems to have forgotten God's and it didn't get any better. At the end of his life, he had practiced a foot disease. While scholars debate over what type of disease he might have had, that real issue was based on unwillingness to trust God. This disease became increasingly severe. But even in his disease, he didn't seek the Lord for the only physicians. Asa's sin was not in seeking medical help, but in not seeking the Lord. 
Okay, notice um, the last paragraph there, uh, second to the last. Aza's sin was not in, not in seeking medical help, but in not seeking the Lord. He committed a sin of omission. He, he didn't do what he should have done. Like many people do today. Uh, we often think of the sins of commission, actually breaking the law, breaking God's rules, not doing uh, doing uh, what God says not to do. But there are times when we when we commit sins of omission, like uh, like Asa did, when he could have prayed to God and he refused to do it. Now we don't know why he refused, uh, but for some reason he refused to seek God's help uh, in his illness and what he was going through. It, it further tells us of how much he distrusted God at that particular point in his life. Now notice, notice um, Aza's emotional response and more bad decisions that he made. Uh, the consequences of pride. That could have been why he didn't see God's uh, help in, in terms of his illness. He became enraged. He became terribly angry. Uh, he threw Hananiah in prison. He knew the man was a prophet of God, but he still put him in jail anyway. Okay, other people suffered because of the king's wrath. And so history demonstrates trying to silence God's spokesman or other defenders of justice through persecution really, really works. It really doesn't work. It's a rare occasion that it works. It only enhances the influence of the one being persecuted. Uh, and that's why we have to pray for those who are being persecuted, uh, that God would give them the courage uh, and the strength to continue to move forward and stand for their faith. Because that's what persecution does. It enhances the person to go on with what they believe. What's the point? The God who guided you in the past will guide you now and in the future. And also notice the third point on the chart. Don't let pride or self-centeredness dictate your behavior. That's exactly what Asa did, didn't he? Yes. He let pride and self-centeredness dictate his behavior to the point where when he got sick, he didn't even bother checking with God and asking God for healing and deliverance. Okay, so um, as we wrap up, a couple of points. Accept the truth and be thankful that someone was willing and courageous enough to tell it to you. It's a proper way uh, to receive truth from others and to act on it in a proper way. Secondly, claim ownership of the truth that the person pointed out to you. Take time to evaluate it and digest it and then develop a plan to act on it. And then thirdly, learn from your mistakes and move forward from them. Many people don't learn from their mistakes. They make the same mistake over and over. 
And then fourthly, trust God to guide you as you move forward. And that's always important, trusting God to guide us as we move forward. Last question. How can we humbly seek God's direction for our lives? The key word there is humbly. By, by consistently remembering that throughout our life here on earth, God has always been with us, and whatever we have achieved was not achieved by us, but was achieved by God. That should always be in the heart of mind of mankind. Amen. Unfortunately, it's not because of man's wickedness and evilness. That's right. Um, and that is under the direction of God's greatest enemy and mm-hmm. our greatest enemy, the fallen angel. Yeah. Satan. Yeah. Remember, he's always on our case. Staying in the word with your mind made up. Okay. Obey. Okay. Anyone else? Okay, as we. Uh, I think my girl. I yeah. thank God for Sunday school. Hmm. I thank God for Sunday school. Amen. For well, remind me of being a child. I went to Sunday school four times on a Sunday. Wow. I started off with the service of God, nine forty-five. One o'clock, the brethren. Born the Methodist, three o'clock the Methodist, mm. and four o'clock, uh, I found myself tracing a test of Sunday school. And everywhere I went, there was a memory who always memorized and all that. And, and what I like, and Sunday school, it brought me up to times even now. I had not been to Sunday school. Well, I could have been in, or I could have been dead, or in trouble, or and uh, no, and now, like today, it, it only refreshes my memory, brings me back to, to the beginning. There's nothing new under the sun, yeah. and we need to have nothing new. Yeah. But the old story. Yeah. That's right. Okay. All right. Let's look at um, live it out. How do we flesh this out? Uh, first of all, right. Write a list of truths from God's Word uh, you have learned recently. Evaluate how you responded to each one, and if necessary, what you could have done differently. And then secondly, memorize. As a reminder of why you can always trust God, memorize Second Chronicles 16, 9, 8. The eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth to show Himself strong for those who are wholeheartedly devoted to him. And then thirdly, speak. If you know someone who needs a course correction, ask God for direction and how to speak the truth in love to him or her. Consider carefully your words and pray for the person's openness to hear the truth from God's word. Uh, we didn't get to do the homework. Sorry, did you do your homework? I certainly did. Okay, shortcuts. The shortcuts. Uh, one of the ways we get off the path of God's plan. When we try to make things happen quickly rather than waiting on Him. Describe a time when you took a shortcut in life that ended up re- you ended up regretting. This shortcut could be spiritual, financial, relational, or career-based. What's your shortcut? 
made an unwise decision in purchasing a vehicle. Oh. Only regret. Yeah, I had one of those too. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I had one of those too. Um, you remember we had a inspiration one night and Cooling Waters, the guy who Cooling Waters sang? Mm. And just before the, the song he was going to sing, he said something happened to him. He went, he would always, um, there was this guy that always came to him to have some money. And he would always give him some. Mm. But this time he was by the hospital and he didn't have any money with him. So he um, took a shortcut and got into the morgue. And um, he got into the morgue and he couldn't get out. So the doctor came in there and he says, Doc, I'm alive. He says, I want to get out. I want to get out. The doctor says, Oh, he just. <laughs> yeah, I remember that story. The doctor took off. He says, Wait a second now. He says, There must be two sheets, but he didn't think anything with anyone was, was alive in there. So he says, Don't take shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember that story. Okay, let's close in prayer. Our time is gone. Father, teach us from Ahab's example not to depend on our own creative solutions, but to place our faith in you to guide us always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.